everybody, it's time to roll for intent in the creator's corner. I'm Trevor. And I'm Christian. How are we doing today, Trevor? Another late one, yet again. Threw you off. I didn't I didn't start immediately into the I'm not sure about the title, but or just I'm just accepting it now. Whatever. Well, we're happens, gonna get happens. there. We're going to get there. It'll it'll get there. It's you know, it's a lot easier to say, hey, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM Trevor, and then that's it. And it's not quite the same here. We'll get it eventually. Oh yeah. So what we got today? Ooh. What's on I deck? Think today, um, we are actually going to be talking with James Beck. We have him tied up over in the corner waiting to rip the duct tape off so he can start talking to us. He is a freelance writer. He does work with Paizo. He is a founder of Eldritch Osiris Games and has worked with Deadly D8 and a couple other things that I'm not recalling at the very moment, but he has a very excellent pedigree. Oh, Sinclair's, Sinclair's Library over there with Nonat. So definitely has been moving around in the Paizoverse spheres. So James, welcome to the program. <gasps> oh my God, the tape's off. All right. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, uh, I was a little bit uh, Casino Royale just kind of sitting there waiting for the torture to start. The mineral oil will help get the adhesive off later. I'll, I'll get you some. Okay, thank you. It's in your uh, parting gift basket. Don't worry. Oh, okay, cool. Check I was wondering when I was getting Stay that. Stay with the Godiva chocolates and stuff. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, I love talking everything Pathfinder. You guys have, have your fingers in a lot of stuff, you guys being uh, Eldritch Osiris. I feel like I can't swing a cat without finding one of your content creators nowadays. Uh, yeah, Eldritch Osiris has definitely expanded a lot faster than I thought it was going to, uh, especially for being at the time of this recording about four months going into our fourth month right now, actually, of existence. And, um, yeah, we've gotten to work with a lot of impressive people. Um, we recently redid our layout, so our like stuff looks even better. Um, once we, you know, release new content like Thaumaturge's Wrath, which, um, we recently released under the new format and it looks really, really good. And yeah, we kind of work with a lot of people. Um, we try to be a bridge for new content creators to get into the industry. We try to get voices that you wouldn't typically find in a lot of places. Um, a lot of newer authors end up being really nervous about their first couple publications and they could go with the standard Pathfinder Infinite template, which is free. And there's no hate or credit to anyone who uses them. Um, but we offer a little bit more than that. We'll offer you like artwork and editing and um, we will work very close with you to make sure you have a very completed product. Um, and yeah, we kind of just get to work with a lot of cool people like uh, Tommy from Black Dragon Gaming. Well, you sent us over something to take a look at. Um, and it was released. When was this released? I remember seeing this pop up on uh, Infinite. This was released in, uh, it was released early July. Uh, I remember because we were crunching at the end of June, which is Pride Month, to make sure it gets done. And we wrote this all in a single day, edited it the next day, and sent that off to um, 
the graphic artist layout person Grady um, to do all of the layout bits. And we made a joke about it on Twitter, how it was us celebrating pride a month late. <laughs> Better late than never. Yeah, that was kind of our thoughts. <laughs> you know, you, you really, really did the hell out of this, too. Um, uh, the piece is uh, all that glitters. Hey, look, we got the title out way before 45 minutes in. <laughs> oh, man. A couple, couple, couple episodes ago, we didn't even say the title until 20 minutes in. We were so excited about the content. It was just... And then we're like, oh, God, this is the title. Yeah, yeah we're like, wait, did, we, did anyone say the title of this? Nope. <laughs> well, that's what, thankfully, editing rooms are for. <laughs> this is all the glitters. Product benefiting uh, Queer Finder Society. And you know what? I really liked this book, actually. This was really neat. There was a lot of really neat stuff that I wasn't expecting, especially when you told me, like, oh, we bang this out in a day. Because you told me that as soon as you sent this out to me. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this will be fun. And I started going (laughs) through it. And, like, there's stuff that I'm going to add to our podcast out of this. Right. Uh, We have a regular actual play podcast. We're playing Abominations Vaults. Uh, Christian plays uh, an alchemist in it. And uh, glitter bombs are freaking great. Absolutely love them. I think they're awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, I did the glitter bombs. It's really funny about all that glitter specifically, um, because it was me and Grady who works on the Queer Finder product line. Um, I made a joke about uh, glitter bombs for Pride Month, and I wrote up a fi- like a joking stat block for a red glitter bomb lesser and it was like oh my god that's so funny like we could probably make that a product i was like oh my god i can make that a product challenge accepted you can make that entire section in a product i did that um and i don't know how deep we're gonna get into the book here but i wrote uh all of the glitters heritage most of the class feats all if not most of the general feats um, a few items weren't mine, and a few spells weren't mine. However, a lot of this was a group effort between myself and a few other co-op members, such as Marcy and Luigi, and uh, one of the other founder, uh, who is Sean, also known as Eldritch Dream, hence Eldritch Osiris Games. My name is Osiris Online. And thus, we just kind of just slapped the two names together, and we're just like, yeah, that's going to be it now. That's our legal name. We're not changing it anymore because after like two hours of deliberation, we're just like, yeah, no, that's it. We're done. <laughs> our, our production company <laughs> is the name of me and one of the founders, two characters from a game. <laughs> Roman Neville. It's the name of both of the characters. Yeah, exactly. It's best. You know, if if lawyers can do it, I don't see why not. Right. Uh, public history houses can't. Absolutely. No reason why not. And it's far more interesting than lawyers offices too (laughs) (laughs) i try to keep things a little bit more so i was not expecting a heritage in this either and the heritage nobody was (laughs) it's great it's got a lot of really really fun stuff in it that that is thematic for the way that you've defined the heritage described the heritage and how it works and useful you know, they're thematic, useful. It fits the f- theme of the book. It fits the theme consistently within the heritage. It's really cool because it's kind of like um, like draconic scion type stuff where you pick a glitter color and that defines the type of actions that you're able to take. It's, it's really neat. And it's a lot more in-depth than what I expected from just like a really fun 
it, it's it's serious mechanics is what I'm getting at. It's serious mechanics yeah. from a really fun piece of content, which is <laughs> a really great thing to have. One of the things that I stress about in my writing is that I like goofy stuff as long as the mechanics can hold up for it. Uh, if anybody has listened to me ramble on, you know, on um, like Rise of the Rules Lords or Deadly D8, uh, I am one for cartoons. Uh, I think Pathfinder is just a giant cartoon at this point with some of the more uh, weirder archetypes that we have gotten or some of the feat names, specifically from like Inventor, which is insane. Um, and so I think Dexter's that... Lab every time I look at an Inventor yeah. build. Everything. Right. The amount of insane builds, I am no longer surprised by like a wacky combination anymore. So I was just like, yeah, you can make like the theme of it be kind of silly. You know, it's all about having glitter in your body and just like expressing glitter. Like no one's going to really, you know, like take that seriously unless there's like mechanics around it to kind of emphasize like, hey, no, this is a like, part of your personality. You just naturally sparkle, baby. You know, very much in your face, like, uh, I wouldn't say like Twilight vampires, you know, but, you know, if that's no, the route somebody wanted to I go. I think that would be rad. Hey, Glitter's uh, heritage on vampire. Uh, Take back the sparkle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Robert Pattinson took it with Batman. So, you know, we can take it with the sparkle aspect of the books. There you go. Yeah, you guys had some really fun feats in here. I was, I was very impressed by the... Uh, just the the creativity that was used in here. I think one of my absolute favorites was a general feat. Where is that? Oh, Queer Eye, where you can cast Restyle as a first level innate arcane spell once per day. You took I, it, I was going to talk about was, that one. So that one was absolutely hilarious. I loved that one. I have been sitting on that feat for a while. Uh, <laughs> I made a joke post on it. Uh, okay, for Pride Month, I was making joke Pathfinder 2e feats such as like the proud flag, which were like a lot of like LGBT community jokes. Like your flag is an ironed out, like the flag behind me, like most gay culture does not have an ironed out flag. Why? I don't know. This is a little joke. And uh, it, that one ended up being something really, really popular. And I was just like, okay, I want to use restyle. It's one of my favorite spells that nobody casts or like doesn't really like expend spell slots for, um, especially at low levels. And I just wanted that really joke feat of just be like yeah uh boom now your outfit's beautiful baby and i was just like yeah that's queer eye right there and kind of just started <laughs> going around different i guess uh, lgbt media like some of the feats uh that uh for at least the general feats i wanted to reference little nas x who's a very prominent gay rapper uh so like call me by your name is a very strong reference to montero or um, I, I gave it to, I don't remember what, uh, oh yeah, Steal the Show was a reference to just being a like dazzling performer, which I wrote with another freelancer for Paizo in Mind. I want to say this book had me cracking up so many times because uh, quite some time ago, many years, a, a guy, a colleague that I worked with, it was during Halloween. His girlfriend was making Halloween costumes. She spilled a tub of glitter on their bed and they cleaned it up as best they could. But for a month straight, the entire month of <laughs> November, this guy showed up to work. He had glitter <laughs> all over him there was nothing he could oh, do I mean, it was in his hair on his face and i it made me think i was like oh i wonder if they have like a breadcrumb 
the cantrip where it leaves a trail of <laughs> glitter everywhere because we used to track him by work because you could literally follow the <laughs> glitter trail oh my god if if we ever get called to do a part two which is something we'd absolutely do one we wouldn't write it just in a day we would probably spend a little bit more time <laughs> and probably write a few more higher level feats because we wanted it to focus a lot more on the lower level aspect because that's where a lot of people play common levels in pathfinder are like one to five ish so we wanted to like stay in that narrative bubble where it's just like yeah just be proud of who you are and that's all that really mattered in the book like a lot of lgbt stuff because it was queer finder but overall the message we just wanted to give was just like yeah be proud of who you are you know there's one love and some of these feats are a little bit more jokey on the jokey side because that's just who i am like you said what which is a barbarian feat uh that lets you rage with the demoralized action because you're pissed off at a bigot and you want to go punch them and i'm just like yeah you know why why not <laughs> me and christian talked about when we did the travel guide stuff that all fantasy media or all tabletop rpg media it's not renaissance it's not medieval it's fantasy and it's a fantasy past and it's a product of the time in which it was written right this absolutely has the fingerprints of early 2020s all over it. And anybody that reads this in 10, 15 years will be able to point to the moment in time. And it's perfectly distilled in this with the pop culture references. Um, like you said, I, I, I caught the, the uh, Montero reference like immediately when I saw that one. And I'm sure most of the people that are going to read this content will find things like that. And I, I really like that you made a point to talk about like, this is content about being who you are. You know, it's Queer Finder, but it's about being who you are, right? It's for mm -hmm. everyone. And, uh, that's, that's something that's important uh, for people that think that they might be encroaching into space to feel like they're welcome to partake in it as well. And I think it's really great that you specifically brought that up, right? Being proud of who you are and helping people be who they are and helping people be proud of who they are and making sure that people don't try to snuff that light out on other people. That's like a big theme of a lot of these feats in here. And a lot mm -hmm. of the content in here is definitely attuned to that. It, it works out really well for theming and for just sending a positive message regardless. Yeah, uh, one of the main jokes that I had running through this was if you had a party that used only these feats, they're never going to be demoralized ever. Uh, just by the sheer amount of uh, feats that we threw in that lowered the value of a frightened condition because we wanted everybody to be proud. But one of the also the other benefits of this is like I'm Jewish. You can reflavor a lot of this pride stuff like LGBT stuff into your other identities if that's just something people want. Or they could just, you know, if you're proud to be a geek or a gamer or, you know, like some other, you know, community that just that you're proud of, that's an aspect of who you are. We really wanted to show that, like devise against bigotry. That one's a fun one. Everybody hates bigots, you know, punch a Nazi in the face because why not? Uh, they're Nazis. You know, I'm very much anarcho, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the whole point was that you're going to want to combat people being frightened and scared of who you are and this was a perfect way of expressing it and i don't think i could have asked for a better opportunity to literally come to my doorstep and get to just write about love and kindness that was kind of the point of eldritch desires games it's why we're a co-op it's a communal effort and that is something i've always stressed within the company 
outside the company and in any product that we ever do. It's all about community and bringing us all together. And, you know, there is no better medium for that than tabletop gaming. And I say that as you and I are clearly not of the same generation. And even Trevor and I, there, there's a little bit of a gap there. I absolutely remember friends being sent away to camps because their parents found out they played Dungeons and Dragons. I remember family oh, yeah. fights with friends. And, I, I, you know, it, it is a fun game and everything, but no, there there was some serious stuff that happened and people make light of it. You know, we all got talked to our friends about, you know, this devil worshiping game and, you know, severe inquisitions of like, you know, who do you play with? What do you guys do? And you're like, it's a game. And, you know, it is honestly very heartwarming to me to see this continuing in a sense of trying to bring in people that you know are feeling marginalized or you know trying to find a place where they belong and it to me it's truly inspiring to see things go from that point to where they are currently yeah uh it's funny uh i'm jewish uh but my dad who's also raised jewish in the 80s uh, his, my grandmother was afraid of what Dungeons Dragons was because of the satanic panic. And, uh, my grandfather said, just sit in on one session, just see how it goes. Um, she didn't believe all like, you know, the demonic, <laughs> she was just more like, I'm concerned about my dad's safety and all that because we're Jewish. We don't believe in, the, in that stuff. So she sat in and she, I think she lasted for about an hour or so. She walked up and turned to my grandfather and she went, they're just talking about superheroes what the hell is going on down there they're just eating pizza drinking mountain dew and they're not even playing the game they're just talking hearing this from my grandfather and my dad who both told me the story i just sit there i'm like wow i now make money off of doing this stuff like that great (laughs) it was one of those things that it was so taboo when i was a kid i was raised like hyper fundamentalist christian upbringing right Mm -hmm. and that's very repressive across you know yeah from all what I've spectrums seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah exactly right <laughs> um yeah you don't have to tell anybody that right <laughs> and now my mom listens to every single episode we put out right she's one of the first people to downloads it and she loves it and she's always asking what's coming next and wants to get sneaks on the show and stuff so <laughs> evolution of culture on top of everything as well i think it speaks to a broader point i'm also pretty young i'm 19 like, I am definitely of a like Gen Z. Yeah, that's <laughs> something I often hear, actually. Um, uh-huh. uh, and yeah, so a lot of my culture growing up has been fight for what you believe in and, you know, be change and representation. And that was something I really wanted to stress with Osiris Games was I wanted the co-op. I wanted a system where everybody was equal. We all make the same amount of like money at the end of the day, but we're doing this because we love it and we care about it. If I really wanted to, I could have made it and do a standard publishing house. Here's the royalties you get. Here's the projects that you know, you're allowed to do. But one of the things I found with the co-op was that it was much more collaborative. We get way better products overall when we're all working together on uh, like Thaumaturge, which was a recent one we're doing. Sorry, did. I forgot that was released at the time of this recording today. We all make the same amount of money. 
We all can pitch our ideas, whether they're good or bad. Most of the time, they're pretty good. I have been told not to do certain projects because they're like, you need to sleep. And I'm like, I'm 19. I got Mountain Dew. I don't need sleep. I need answers. He's like very much that Sheldon meme where he's like curled up in the blanket next to the whiteboard. Very much of that. I don't have it uh, in frame uh, for the call. I know this is audio, but on my whiteboard over there is a bunch of scribbled notes for a project that I was I'm feeling out right now to see if I like it or if it's sustainable. I'm the one who set up the business structure to start off with. I'm the manager of the company. I make sure, you know, the bills get paid, the people get paid. I make sure, you know, essentially the lights stay on. Um, We wanted to stress that no matter where you are in the world, we will work with you. Um, Hopefully you speak English. Um, The only other Spanish, uh, I think Spanish is the only other language any of us can really, really speak because we're primarily all Americans. But one of the things we stressed was like diversity. That's why we work with like people like Luigi, who's believe in Spain. Um, Peru. Peru. Forgot because we're Luigi's doing Peruvian, some secret yeah. things over there as well. Not a lot of talk about that either. Uh. Well, I'm going to pump him for information. <laughs> I'm talking to him in like a week and a half. Luigi's fun. I talk with Luigi every single day. But yeah, I was the one who set up the co-op model. I had pitched it when I was 16 to what was before Sinclair's library, which eventually became Sinclair's. But they didn't obviously follow that model. So when I said, okay. I turned to my friend, Sean, who's Eldritch Dream, who we, we've worked together for several projects. We've known each other for years. I did some basic math. I looked at him. I looked at uh, the income and combined them both. I was like, we both make more money working together than we do working apart. And I was just like, we work together on every project now. Like, there's no point why we shouldn't just, you know, um, I'll seek the costs because I was working at a big insurance company at the time for my internship. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll bite the costs for this. We'll combine. And then um, it just started expanding. We started hiring freelancers to come in and do work. We did layout work for a few people. And we really feel this sense of community. And as of this month, which is September 22, we have our first like staff member who's not like a full share owner because we don't have enough money to pay for a full share owner but yeah we donate to charity all the time uh we donated recently to the access reproductive care uh, southeast um as for september we're gonna be donating to a jewish charity because we're gonna do uh I, I probably at the time this was released it's already out but we're doing a rosh hashanah celebration for the jewish new year that is filled with a ton of projects that i've specifically worked on and yeah, we get to sponsor other TUI creators out there. We're really trying to build a sense of community around the Paizoverse. One of the things I noticed a lot of is that we're all kind of spread out. Like, it's not like Dungeons & Dragons, where it's this very tight-knit, in my opinion, for what I've seen as an outsider, very tight-knit, you know, all the cast of Critical Role knows all the cast of Dimension 20, who knows all the cast to uh adventure zone who knows this and this and this right it kind of just like keeps building and you know matt mercer sits on top with brennan lee mulligan as king apparently i don't know why it's just that's how it is from my perspective and i'm trying to build these bridges between all of our communities i get to work with people like waffles maple syrup and goblets and gays and you know i get to work with all these really really cool people and then i kind of just like try building bridges between all of us you know get us all 
is tight-knit community. And one of the places I focus that most on is in the Pathfinder Infinite Discord. I try getting to work on people's projects. I, you know, I like uh, kickstarting people's careers up. I have had people tell me, hey, you know, because of this, I felt really inspired to go write this. Or, you know, hey, I had this project idea. Can I run it by you? Like, is this a cool idea? And most of the time I say yes, because, you know, I'm a crazy gluttonous monster, always hungry for more second edition content. And um, if I'm not annoying the crap out of Paizo, I got to go do it somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. I, I get that that feel big time. It's something that I've noticed in podcasting space, too, for actual play podcasts is not a lot of uh, note sharing and such, right? And, and I'm firmly of the opinion that we all kind of rise and fall on our own merits in this space, and there's no reason to act like crabs in a pot and pull each other down, right? Mm-hmm. I spent some time today working with another content creator on their audio stuff. They're not really great with their audio, right? It's a hard yeah. thing to do. It's not something that you just kind of pick up. You have to learn it. I'm fortunate that my skill set that I've acquired over my career has involved audio, right? So I was able to sit down and talk to them. I've done that with four or five shows at this point, is try to help them get their audio stuff up. Because the, the better the overall quality of everybody helps legitimize the art form. This is mm-hmm. definitely a case where a rising tide raises all ships, I feel like. Exactly. And I think the more we can show that as second edition, because it is, it's a smaller game than Watsi's Dungeons and Dragons. It's impossible to uh, fight that fight, you know, just like in terms of size in the community, uh, I referringly call it as like the biggest titan in the room. I granted, I, I use a little bit more foul language than that. Um, but essentially, it's the size is so massive compared to Pathfinder, compared to Call of Cthulhu, compared to, you know, Vampire the Masquerade. It's kind of useless to, like, try to topple that monster, essentially. But if we as a community kind of start working together more, yeah, we should totally, you know, why not? You know, what, what's stopping us from being that happy, wholesome community that I know Pathfinder is at the end of the day? We've got more LGBT representation uh, in Paizo books alone than a lot of other games. Or, you know, like we have very diverse settings that we get to play with, um, very diverse set of people. So we should always be striving to lift each other up. And, you know, you never know when that favor comes back to help you. We work with a few awesome creators and I can't really say about the project, but I they're seeing that working with us can lead to other stuff. Hopefully I'll come back when we announce that project. Um, I think you guys would particularly like it. And I feel like the more we come together as a community, the more we celebrate who we are, second edition will just grow. When 1D&D comes out, that will be its own thing. We're going to be here. You know, we're going to be strong and caring and, you know, also show some love to Starfinder because, you know... (laughs) That community is a lot smaller, unfortunately. I try. I just, I don't like getting my peanut butter in, of magic in the chocolate yeah, of tech. It's, and it's just, it's a thing that I don't do. So why I don't play Shadowrun, too. Oh, Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody either loves Shadowrun or hates it. There's no yeah, in there, between. It's it. not, yeah, there's like, no it's middle no, Okay, hold on. Mechanics aren't bad. Are bad. This setting is great. Um. My thing with Shadowrun is I have a friend who's about to do a stream for it and needs an Excel sheet to calculate all of his stuff. And I'm like, at that point, game design has gone a little too far, in my opinion. 
And they call <laughs> us a math finder. Gosh. D&D has more math than Pathfinder. I will argue that point to my death. <laughs> I have played 5e. I have played second edition a lot more. I have done more math in 5e than I will ever do in Pathfinder. And it's like whose line is it anyway? Automated. All the points don't matter. All the numbers yeah, are made yeah. up and the values don't <laughs> matter. Every, everything's made up and the points don't matter. At the end of the day, that's what it is. <laughs> I really enjoyed how you're, you're talking about how Watsi is a titan, right? And, you know, I don't know if you were there. I just got back from, from uh, Gen Con, not just. Oh, yeah, I was you know, there. It's been a month ago, right? <laughs> and, you know, you talk about like, yeah, imagine how big Paizo is. They have the one large size booth, right? Same thing with... Uh, Chaosium has like three of those. They're so big. They've got two or three large size booths. Games Workshop has a double booth that spans between, you know, a few few rows. Well, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Watsy's so big, they don't even have a booth. <gasps> you know, clutch yeah. the pearls, right? Just... And, you know, <laughs> a big faceless organization, why do you want to... I, I, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. If you like Dungeons & Dragons, if you like 5e, whatever. You know, but if if you are this massive faceless company, what makes you think that they're going to be jumping for joy for a content creator to contribute to them? I mean, I'm sure you've talked to to Aaron before, right? Aaron Shanks. Oh, I talk with Aaron fairly regularly. He's awesome. Uh, He is like big champion for freelancers and content creators, and he's going to go out of his way to help those people. I've not seen that as much in Five E. I remember because. Uh, Watsi has a non-compete clause in it. Um, Jason Tondro joined over there, and I have not heard from him since. It was really funny. My first ever Pathfinder gig is going to get released soon, and I wrote it for my high school thesis uh, with Luis Loza. He was the first person to ever give me a contract, said, I really liked your work. It was already announced, but it it should get released soon-ish of my first ever thing, which was writing new ancestry feats. And uh, yeah, I feel like Paizo goes out of its way to celebrate, especially with now having a union, celebrate the content creators who make the game happen. Nona is especially loved, but that's because Nona also has conveniently the biggest channel. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember uh, back when Watsi started buying up CCG games. So like late 90s, early 2000s was like... The, the bumper crop of customizable card games. And I was really into it, really into Star Wars, Star Trek. The Decipher had a gigantic mm-hmm. library. And Watsy, you know, Pokemon was just getting going. And they had Magic, which was big, but it still wasn't quite the juggernaut it is now, right? And these IPs like Star Wars and Star Trek and these groups that are, were trying to get in on that, they ended up companies like Decipher ended up losing their contracts because Watsi just goes to Lucasfilm and like, hey, by the way, we can do this better. Hey, we're already, you know, we're already mm-hmm. doing these games. We'll do it better. And they're scooping up all these, you know, smaller groups that had a lot more flavor to them, a lot more, a lot less, less coldness. There was a lot more style. And it ended up, along with a lot of other things, absolutely decimating and consolidating the CCG landscape to now it's really just Watsi and then whoever's publishing Yu-Gi-Oh! I can never remember. And that's it. <laughs> it yeah. All these other, you know, there were like 15, 20 CCG companies before then. And I know we're way off the mark for what we started talking about, but you just like, 
a memory has been triggered as soon as you started <laughs> talking about. You, you know, said do 30 lizards. minutes. And I'm going to tell you what Mark Seifter told me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> My interview with Mark Seifter, by the way, it's supposed to be 15 minutes long. That sucker ended up being almost two hours. So I'll be oh like, my God. <laughs> that guy is a talker. Uh, a good I one, imagine. by the way. He's a fun guy to talk with. Maybe but someday we'll yeah. be able to, to scoop him up and get him on here. He's awesome. I, I would strongly suggest reaching out when you can. He's legit a great. He has such a fascinating insight having developed the game. Right. Well, and, and that just harkens back to, you know, I, I remember I used to get Dragon and Dungeon magazine, and then Watsy yanked that from Paizo and started doing it all internally. And oh, by the way, it's just going to be a PDF. Like I, you don't even get the magazine anymore. And yeah, I, I remember that. You know, and that was the beginning of the withdrawal of we are turning this into more of your classic cutthroat business. Just like you said, we are all about us now instead of being about the community. That was the beginning of Watsi kind of really, you know, once they took over Dungeons and Dragons, they kept, you know, they they moved on with what was that third and 3.5 and they started making all those changes, but they really turned it more into a corporate entity instead of what it was. And it Paizo really glommed onto the very roots of Dungeons and Dragons. And that was People that didn't feel like they belonged, they, you know, they, they weren't jocks, they weren't the popular kids, and, you know, they found a home with this amazing hobby, and, you know, for, especially for us older generation, it, it very much felt like they turned their back on what this was, which is why I shifted over to Paizo, because, you know, at the end of the day, people can always complain about whatever they want. They can say... We don't want billionaires. And, you know, Jeff Bezos is awful. Well, do you use Amazon? Oh, yeah, I use Amazon every day. I mean, it's like, you know, you eventually have to put your money where your mouth is. So, yeah, switching over to, you know, Paizo and they went to first edition, which was then evolved into second edition. And it's it's nice to see how they involve the community, even from the play test, the the open play testing for new classes to just dump that on the community to see, hey, look, you know, we don't have to spend all of this work to make this perfect because we can give this to thousands of people and they're going to let us know, hey, this is broken or this doesn't work this way or this would be way more cool if we did that. And it to me, it's just it's more in line with my thinking and how the hobby originated. And that's definitely why I support Pathfinder second edition Paizo instead of going for Watsi. So that's my whole little spiel. <laughs> Wait, you mean you don't want to charge somebody to do a playtest class that you never ever uh, do something with? You mean that's not uh, the right uh, way to do it? Six, six iterations of Artificer. <laughs> oh boy. Ranger hey, still enjoy trying to fix itself. There, buddy? Oh, don't get me started on the one D&D playtest. <laughs> Do you like what we've changed with critical hits? Which part of it? Do you like what we've changed with critical hits? <laughs> Do you, are you mean like the monsters can't crit? Do you like what we did with the crits? I'm just like, no. Okay. You don't want to know why? Nah, I'm good. I'm like, okay, thank you for this PR like push. 
we did our playtest for Kineticist, so we do playtest games just because Christian's content creator. We mm-hmm. do playtests for the Kineticist in our game. And after the games, everybody still sat and talked for like 25 minutes about, okay, what did work? What didn't work? And that all ended up getting fed up to Paizo because they actually use that information. And it's not just like yeah. drop downs. There's stuff to fill out. And you can see that they read it because the Thaumaturge, my favorite class, love it. Oh, can't good get class. enough of it, right? I loved it already in the playtest. I thought it was great. All of the little things I didn't like about the Thaumaturge, specifically things like how it did its uh, fine vulnerability and how it was really hard to do against rare creatures, which doesn't make any sense. And all of those things that were consensus that this is a problem and it has to change and these are ideas that can change it. It ended up in the final class. And I cannot imagine a better version of the Thaumaturge. I would play a Thaumaturge in every game forever because it's just such a great class and it's thematic and all the subclasses. It's amazing. And it's all because Paizo said, all right, here's our thing. Tell us what's wrong. Tell us what's to fix it. And they took all of that advice and then took some of that advice and synthesized it into other things because they have the experience of taking that advice from the playtest and doing something with it rather than be like, here's a thing. You don't like the thing? Don't care you don't like the thing. (laughs) but it's been great. This has been an absolute joy to talk to you, but we are beaten down the door at 45 minutes of recording time. You don't want to talk with me for five more hours. Gosh, I feel so offended. Right. We do. We just don't want to (laughs) do it all at once. We want to spread it out. (laughs) All right. All right. You spread the love around. I see what you guys are doing here. Really try to appeal to that ego. (laughs) <laughs> i have to pull you back when you um announce whatever this cool new thing is you're being coy about and i'm excited to hear about it i mean you got my email now you can dm me tell, oh, yeah. tell me what you want to talk about it have you right back on. you'll get previews of secret stuff beautiful i'm excited <laughs> thank you so much uh james tell people where they can find out more about you and eldritch osiris yeah, um, you can go to uh, on Twitter at GeekJames513 if you like hearing me rant more about Pathfinder. Uh, that's constricted to 256 characters. Or you can follow at Eldritch Osiris if you want to find out our recent announcements or want to see out-of-context screenshots that my executive art director, Luigi, uh, takes of my conversations and then posts on Twitter. And you can go to eldritchosirusgames.com if you want to find a full catalog of everything we've ever published. It is currently going through a website update in terms of its looks. So hopefully by the time this is released, it's either halfway in progress or is completely finished. You can find us over there. Very excited to move forward with some of the crazier uh, things we got hidden away because we can't flood the market, sadly. Or else we mm-hmm. make less money. And if you like us being around, <laughs> we got to handle it one step at a time. Well, if you didn't have a pen handy, everyone, all those links are going to be in the description for the episode. And you can always find out more about this by coming by our discard. Discard. By coming yeah, by our discard. discard. <laughs> Rollforintent.com slash discord. That's an easy one to remember. Uh, or you can check down in the notes. You'll find links to all the glitters. You'll find links to Eldritch Osiris, some more of their content. And uh, remember, the links that we put towards content in our description are affiliate links so it can help feed the fire of these interviews and get more money in the pockets of content creators, hopefully. Thank you so much again. And for Wolf Intent Creators Corner, I'm Trevor. And I'm Christian. And we will see you next time. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>